You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Miguel, Angela, welcome to Token Theater, friends. I'm I'm so happy to to be talking to you, to be seeing to you. It's been quite some time, hasn't it? Exactly, two years before the pandemic. <laughs> so I'm I'm so excited. I'm so happy for you, like genuinely, that this is happening after everything that we have been through. So before we get, you know, to actually talk about your album and your your performance at uh, Lincoln Center. What have you been up to over the past two years? How did the pandemic, well, how has the pandemic treated you? Well, um, first of all, thank you so much for the invitation, Jose. Um, yeah, he's it, been like a roller coaster, but a very nice roller coaster. Why? Because, you know, in the pandemic, when I started the pandemic, I always thought, or everybody thought, oh, this is going to be just, you know, a few months. Even me, I said, oh, two weeks. So, and then we started doing and doing it. I said, you know what? I, this is the time for me or for artists, but especially in my case to focus a lot on, on art and my, my music. So, and then I was in the pandemic in my studio, in my a, a little art studio here, very close in, in Dumbo in Brooklyn. I started doing even costumes. I don't know how to sew, but I was like, <laughs> Even for me, it wasn't very difficult to put in the, you know, the, the tray, like, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> anyway, so, but I did maybe like 13 costumes, like my, by hand, like crazy. It's like there are, per, if you, if, if you think, I think if the Lady Gaga see my costumes compared to Lady Gaga costume, I think she looks like a Heidi. <laughs> next to me like it would be so simple <laughs> anyway and i did paintings because you know after, uh, i do a lot of paintings i i i paint oil i i work with oil and i love it so but and then i say you know what uh, i'm going to prepare for the album but and then during the pandemic i get so 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 focused and, and writing more songs i think i wrote maybe like 100 songs you know, and then I say, oh, but if I do the album, if I if I change some orders of the songs, this could be like a kind of like a, a play, a dance theater, as you know, a dance, a musical, whatever. 
So and I said, you know what? But I don't want to be a musical. I don't want to be a play. I want to do like a dance theater, like a hybrid. It's very weird. It's very like in the in the good way. So and then I I wrote more songs with uh, my friend and collaborator Jaime Lozano that I'm sure you know Jaime from Mexico is like my like I always say it's like my brother for another mother. So and then I say Jaime, we do this, and then I say perfect. So I explain to him what I do and say. Okay, one day it's gonna happen. And then happened. We prepared with the auditions and then we did the one only one show and uh, last March in Washington, DC. So it was amazing. Like people was uh, the reaction for the audience was incredible. We have in the middle of a show and a standing ovation. And seriously, I was completely in shock. I said, why are they standing? <laughs> this is not supposed to happen. <laughs> you know? Well, for me, it's very weird when they applause. I'm like, oh, okay, well, cool. Anyway, but it was amazing. And then uh, right away, we received the invitation from the Lincoln Center. They said, we want to do this here. Uh, what do you think? Maybe maybe Miguel October, November, say. And then we tried to do an October, but it's not happening in, in December. So it's December 1st, 2 and 3. Uh, the Clark Theater here at the Lincoln Center in New York City, and actually tomorrow start the starting the 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 rehearsals. So I'm so super excited, and I can't wait to that for the people in New York seeing this 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 piece, this immigration piece. Okay, that's incredible because like what it sounds like is like you went into full creative mode so were you not tired at any point like or you know did you find so much of an outlet for everything that was happening through your creative work that that just took you through because like most of us look like crap you know since 2020 and you look fabulous you look okay. like you have even more energy than before oh yeah like you know this is funny because like even you know you know me a little and people but people doesn't, doesn't know me when they see me now, and even before, after the pandemic, they say, Miguel, are you being taken to a lot of cocaine? I'm like, what? I said, no, I don't, do, I don't take drugs. I'm super high natural. Uh, if, I, if I take something, drug to beat Nutella, I love chocolate. <laughs> that is my high drug, the Nutella. And I think my music, I think my, uh, when I hear music, when I hear good music, when I'm going to see artists, you know, like uh, another shows here in New York, you be it an opera, a ballet, a play. I go, I go high just watching other artists. It's very, it's crazy. It's really, really crazy. I can be like a stone, like, ooh, just watching other people. So it's very, I think this is maybe my blood, like a natural drug addict <laughs> in my blood. But yeah, I was crazy creative. I was, if I was before pandemic, a creative person, I became like triple creative person during the pandemic. Yeah. That's really beautiful. That's admirable. Like, like I'm a little bit envious of that. I wish I had had that as well. Did you discover any works that you never, uh, that you didn't know of before then during this time, since you had so much free time as well? unless you were making costumes and writing music and all of that. So if you had free time, did you discover any new artists that you love? Yeah, uh, well, I always 
find people. And one of the artists that I, I discovered during the pandemic is called, um, she's from British. She's British, I'm sorry. And she's, her name is Paloma Faith. Uh, I don't even know about her. And then I, one day I was watching a video and I say, damn, she's crazy. I love her. You know, because she was very unique and she is very unique. And she's the one to say, only love can hurt like that. You know, and I, I love that song. And, and then I start to follow her. But basically it was Paloma Faith. But, I, I, but of course, before even I go crazy more with the music for the weekend, I, I love that the music for that man. I think it's very, um, it's like a spell. When you hear the music from the weekend, it's, it's like you get under the spell. And it's, it's incredible. I love those, I love when an artist could be an actor or a dancer or whatever, it's unique. But especially in music, uh, when you are unique, that attracts me a lot to, to follow you to, And I don't care if you have 1 million views, you know, or, 1,001 million followers. I don't have, I have only 2,000 followers, but they are real, woo! <laughs> so, and then one day, but I, I really admire one of the people that are unique, when I, they're unique artists. Have, have you heard that, The Weeknd song with Rosalia, where it's a bachata, The Weeknd almost sounds like Romero Santos? No! You have, you have to do that. I think it's called The Fame, no, La Fama. La Fama. And, oh, I want to check it out. I think yeah, she's great too, actually. Rosalie is good. I don't follow her, but uh, when I see her uh, uh, doing stuff, I'm like, oh, she's very interesting. She's, yeah, she has something. She's definitely, she definitely yeah. has something. So, I mean, enough about other artists. Like, let's talk about your work. So, I love your album so much, but, you know, I don't want to spoil what it is for people, not that you can spoil it or anything, but can you, the album takes us on a, takes us on a journey, on yeah. a journey as an immigrant and often immigrant in so many different ways. Uh, you know, it's this beautiful metaphor of, yes. of a butterfly becoming, you know, blossoming. But also, you probably do much better work at talking about your album. So can you tell people what the album's about? How did you come up with it? And how did it turn out so beautiful? Oh, thank you so much. Um, well, basically the idea, well, like I always say when the people interview me, the, my ideas came from my dreams. I think 95% everything what I, you see or the people, the audience see on the stage is through my dreams. I dream and then I tell people, I wanna do this, I wanna do this, you know? So the album basically is a, is a story of immigration or this guy in this case, me, um, they come from Venezuela. Since I was a kid or a baby, I always dreamed to live in New York City. So, and then I said, you know what? I want to do an immigration story. But because I love so much poetry metaphors and I love the audience thinking about it. So um, I said, you know what? I want to do the immigration story, but through a, a different object. In this case, it's an insect, it's a caterpillar. And why caterpillar? Because the big apple, how the people call New York City. So this caterpillar came on the plane inside an apple and somebody doesn't want the apple or throw the apple. And then the apple in gets uh, appears in some place in Manhattan. 
And then when I, that worm or the caterpillar came outside the, the, the apple, I said, oh, finally, I'm here. Now I need to survive. So that, that worm, but everybody watch him and say, mm, you know, because people, wanna, they don't like worms. And they always think about that guy because it's an immigrant or that insect is an immigrant, is a worm. But he, the character say, I'm not a worm. You think I'm a worm, but I am a caterpillar. And I came here, I'm going to survive as a caterpillar and I will, be, I will beca become a, a butterfly sometimes. And in the same time happened, when the, the, all the steps of the caterpillar or the butterfly is the same step of the immigrant with his papers. When he gets paper, his work permit, his social security, his green card, and finally his citizenship. And then it's all the same, in the same time, immigrant, like a human immigrant, insect immigrant. Until the end, when I finally he learned how, okay, I got my dream, I got my wins. And then, and, and in this case, and uh, as a human, I got the green card, I got the citizenship. And now, what else? So now I need to continue work and, con and try to learn to fly. And finally, when I had everything, finally I got it, I, got, I, I get my goal, so I can die now in any moment. But the beautiful thing in this case of the, part, the, the character is even when I, he died, a butterfly became ashes, like humans. So in ashes, even if you blow away, they're still flying. So that is the concept of the album. It's, a, it's it, and every song is connected even if not with music, with, with the sound. Well, you hear the album. And it, it's been a big process. I, be, I have been uh, writing songs since, I don't know, for this album, maybe five, six, five years. And then mostly 95% of the songs, I wrote, it, I wrote it on the subway in New York City. I don't know how, the, for me, the subway, if it's okay, it's so dirty, it's so gross, but it's so magical. I, it has so much energy. And then I, I talked with Jaime, Jaime, we talked together and then we, he helped me to, to do all the compositions for, this, for the songs and some lyrics. And this is what the album is. It's like a very magical metaphor music album about a story about the immigrant. In this case, the, the monarch's butterfly. It is really beautiful. And it, it, it brings up so much imagery. I mean, just by listening to the, to the music, you dream up your own story. Like I thought of an animated version, for instance, obviously you do a stage performance, but before talking about performance itself, you mentioned that a lot of your ideas come to you in dreams. Does that mean that you are very good at, at journaling your dreams or do you just have a really good memory? Do you always remember what you dream of? Not always. That is an interesting question because basically, I, when I dream, you know, when humans, we constantly, we dream, we, we never remember what we dream. It's very weird. But when I remember something, it's a great idea. I don't know, I don't know what's happened. It's like, and then I remember. And even sometimes, for example, I remember from my, my album, La Casa Azul, my, my second album, I, I, I wake up like at three or four in the morning and I, grab a pencil and a piece of paper and I wrote a song like Casa Azul about Frida Kahlo. I think in maybe in five minutes, I wrote all the song and I was sleeping. It was like, it's like a Frida Kahlo ghost was telling me, okay, write this, 
you know? I said, okay, okay, Frida. Okay, calm down. <laughs> you know what I was writing. But yeah, I, I wanna remember right away, I, I, wrote, I, I wrote what, I, in, in, what happened in my dream. So it's, it's, it's very weird, but very interesting. That's really incredible. Does that mean that if you ever have a bad dream, like a nightmare or something, would creating a piece about it be a way to deal with the fear that it brought oh, you yeah. as well? As well. Can be bad dream or sweet dreams or a beautiful dream. Is I always write whatever I think it because uh, for me it could be like, like a story, you know? Even if the song is bad or good, I always use it. It's a part of a show when uh, somebody insult, very bad and very strong insult to the character. And they use the, the, the word F, immigrant. And there was a real, sometimes like, a, like it happened before the pandemic, maybe, a year before 2018 that I was in the in the waiting in the line for go to the to the movie theater and then that lady was in the line and then she escaped the line and then I say excuse me the line is here and then she right away turned back to me and say go back to your country f immigrant very bad and I was like and then, you know, I have a, one of my best friends was with me, my friend Chad. He was in shock, like, a, oh, wow. And then I said, you know what, it's okay, it's very bad, but one day I will transform this bad, ugly, disgusting moment in a beautiful play one day in a show. And that happened in English with an accent. I brought that moment on the show. It is really, really powerful in the show. Wow, that's, that's incredible. So I was going to ask you that as well. Like, you know, when people that know you, when your friends and family and the people around you listen to your music and they see you, they watch your performances, are they ever surprised because you're revealing to them a world that they're not aware exists? Because I'm sure your friend had never seen anyone be treated like that. Yeah, it, and they're... You know, my family and my friends, what you said, the people that know me, um, they know how kind of person I am. I, I am, I never like to fight. I don't, I love basically everybody. You know, of course, I don't like, sometimes I don't like, especially in politicians, like a super hypocrite politician and what happened in my country for the, with the communists and uh, with, uh, you know, all this half of thing. I'm very open in that and I told and people say, no, but Miguel, don't say that because you're an artist. I say, no, 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 I'm a human. And I, I get hurt when I, I try to, when I see somebody's when I hurt somebody else, you know, but when that happened to me, they know, they know who I am. And, you know, I, I get, like I say, if you don't like me, okay, it's fine. This is your problem. So I, I like you. If, you don't, if I don't like you, it's, it's, you know, it's like, a, I always say like an artist, we are like a, a painting. You go to a gallery or museum and you see a Picasso and you, maybe somebody say, wow, what is beautiful? And somebody say, what is that? You know, why he's famous, this is ridiculous. And somebody's like, oh, look at the lines. <laughs> anyway, so it, it's very subjective uh, life as an artist. And I love that. 
Sometimes people say, I don't like your music. I say, oh, perfect. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> By the way, I don't get I don't get angry at all. I laugh. You know? And I say, okay. Because, for example, if it's my mom, that she's my best friend, she saw me since I was, I was a little baby, that I was so weird and so gay and so, you know, like she doesn't talk. If she loved me and she supported me, what else? I don't care about everybody else. You know what I'm saying? My, what's my mom? And my mom, until today, she's my mom, she's my best friend. I, I, even before when I, I, you know, when I'm dating people, I say, like, I'm gonna see this guy. Oh, he's so hot. And my mom, okay. <laughs> she's so super cool. But yeah, you need to just yeah to check it out and just listen to good things. And if somebody says bad things, just hmm, ignore it. Anyone who has seen one of your performances knows that you do this hybrid of well everything that you mentioned earlier: dance, theater, musicals, but also you become paintings, you become sculptures, you become living art in so many ways. So. I wonder if those, you know, those specific specific performances that you end up uh, creating, are you dreaming up those and are you imagining those when you're writing the music, when you're in the process of the music, or do the performances become yet another beautiful discovery about that this piece that you created can can lead to? It's, it's both. But, you know, when I, I'm writing... Or when I'm thinking about a show, where uh, I always think of my, uh, myself as I am part of the audience. How or what I would love to see on the stage. So as an audience. And then I say, you know, this needs to be like that. And then in the process, it's good. You get it. You, get, you keep it. But sometimes in the process, you do. And then you say, you like you say, you discover new things. Oh, this is better. Or, you know, or people like, for example, Abi Hai Haham, that he's a director and the choreographer that we found him in Israel. And he's an amazing, amazing choreographer and director. And I talked to him what I want, what I'm trying to, to say, because I say, Abi, I want to, they, they looks like it. humans. We are humans, but in the, in the same time, we're insects. And he's like, I love it. And you know, and it's good because he's very Abi High in Israeli, he's very huge, and even in Europe. Uh, actually, it, he did the, the last, um, the latest video from John Batista. He's the one that did all the choreography. So he's very commercial. And I told him when I, we met him, I say, I don't want commercial stuff. I want real art, like very deep and metaphoric poetry. So, and I said, he said, what do you mean? I say, imagine that you're going to create a choreography, what direct a choreography for a Tim Burton movie because it's very dark. And I actually, I told the same to Scott Davis, the, the lighting designer. And I told the same to Ryan Spark. That's the guy that make all the costumes to the producer, David Stark. So I told them, this is like a beautiful, dark poetry peace and this is what happened when people went to to, to in washington dc and people if you see the trailer of a show you can see the colors they're very dark but beautiful so and i'm very happy but uh it's very interesting what you say because yeah i always trying to see 
what we love to see on the stage. And then sometimes worse, sometimes not, but this is a beautiful thing about art. You need to, to keep trying, you know? How do you, how do you discover that? Like, how do you, you know, who, being in whose audience made you want to give the audience the best time and the best art that you can create? Like, were you concert, were you watching a painting or something when this sense developed? Because that's like really beautiful. It's very considerate because not yeah. everyone thinks about the audience. If the better you say that, you know, it's, 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 you know, like, it's so funny. You say that, like, <laughs> when you say a painting, I'm crazy now, and I'm sure somebody's gonna steal after this interview the, the idea. I don't care. So, but uh, you know, I, I for me so interesting the Garnica, the painting from Picasso. Picasso painted the big Garnica about the Battle of Garnica, and for me that would be beautiful for an opera. And then I say, oh, and then maybe one day I will write something about that, but. But even that, you know, when you, when you say, when you see a painting, you say, wow, what a beautiful colors. Oh, what a beautiful, uh, what I, I wonder why he, what he was in his mind, you know? And in this case, for example, uh, Vincent Van Gogh or even Matisse, and you're like, wow. And that, that inspiring you. For me, when I, 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 I write songs and they're very, um, like you say, I like to write a lot with metaphors because I like the audience, because I believe, and I really believe the audience is smart. So I wanna they think, because for me it's very stupid and you know, you're going to see a show and then they say, A, B, C, D, F, F. I'm like, why? You know, no. You know, people, for example, people like, oh, Broadway is amazing. I love Broadway. Yeah, Broadway is amazing. But you sometimes are going to Broadway to see productions that are so incredible expensive, like ridiculous expensive that I even pay a ticket, a three hundred dollars ticket for a show for a show, and trust me, in the intermission I left. I said I can't stay here. You know, and sometimes I go to see something that I pay twenty dollars or thirty dollars and even free, and I like I I I I blown away. Like, wow, of course, sometimes you see in Broadway stuff like it's very expensive, amazing. You know, like I, one of my best experience in Broadway uh, to see a play was uh, from Sam Mendes, The Ferryman. I don't know if you saw that when you was here. For me, that was one of the most amazing plays that I see in my life. That guy is a genius. So Kate Winslet, why you divorce him? <laughs> Anyway, he's amazing. And I, I fall in love about how every time when he comes to New York City that he's directing something, I need to see it. Because I knew it's going to be amazing. So that's it. <laughs> well, speaking about Sam Mendes and, and Kate Winston, who are no longer collaborators, you tend to collaborate with the same people over and over and over again. You know, you know like Jaime, Yo amo Jaime. Jaime's a genius and Jaime's incredible. So. Can you talk about the importance of you build a family with your collaborators? So yes. how does that affect the kind of work that you do? You know, are you at a point with your collaborators that sometimes you don't have to speak because you can read each other's minds, so to speak? Yeah. Well, I think what you say is like a, it's really true because it could be an a need to be a connection. 
Um, beside the Jaime is an amazing, amazing, amazing and genius like in composition and orchestration. One thing that I love to work with Jaime, and maybe in the future I will, will work with other person. You know, you never know. I will love to work with um oh my god, the guy that the, the Mac Ronson. I, I love I love Mac Ronson work, you know, even I think even Pharrell Williams, he's incredible. But Jaime, I don't, but I don't know them. I know Jaime. And Jaime is just a beautiful human. It's, and you sometimes you say, how a person so talented, so genius can be so fucking humble. You know, because I've been working before with uh, uh, one of the musical directors incredible talented like whoa like other genius but so stupid that you don't want to see them anymore because when you work in the collaboration with somebody it should be like this it's like a, it's like a brothers and sisters we're gonna do and for me creating art is creating love you know I, you don't need, I don't care, I can't work with somebody there, for example, if I, if I say, oh, I like this idea, and the person say, for example, I may say, great, but if he doesn't like it, he say, he tell me, for example, okay, Miguel, why we don't try this? So he, he tell the feedback in, in a nice way, and then you hear and you say, that is great, but sometimes people, when you say something, sometimes people say, no, I don't care, I, li I don't like that, and you're like, Okay, this is all supposed to be a collaboration. Because I believe in that. Even every if you if I want to make a painting, I need to go to the store to buy a canvas. And, and that person, that canvas was created by, by the person or, I, or a machine. So it's all connection, it's all collaboration. We all in life, we need to collaborate with each other. And, and I think when a human in the in in, in the in the world, when they try to understand that if we work together with love, I think Earth or the planet would be, the world would be so completely different. But you know, it's always bad or hate in the world. But I always say that love is, is stronger than hate. Always say that. I agree with that. And I, I, I'm glad that you talk about love because there's, so much love in the album, not only, uh, you know, obviously love for, for the art and love for humanity and all of that, but you can feel the love that you're carrying of the people that, that you left behind. You feel the love yes. that you're carrying for your, your you know, the music that you grew up with, the culture that you grew up with. And I love this beautiful blend of cultures, obviously. There's like, you know, stories set in, in America with uh, bolero sound and yes. with like you know like a little like cha 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 like mambo sound so exactly is that how you would say you carry all the all the people you love with uh, wherever you go yeah because you know i i always say that and i i even then right now and during the pandemic i became a united states citizen and i'm super proud because i think um new york especially uh, and this country opened the arms for me so, and I'm always going to be grateful for that because I really, really love New York City and I really love the United States. But I, I'm completely proud and until the end, I'm going to say that I'm Venezuelan because I am Latin and an immigrant and gay 
I'm brown. So, and I'm very happy. I think I'm like a kind of uh, iguana with the giraffe. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a dust mix, you know? And I, one thing that I always going to put like this in high, whatever, if I became one day super famous or not, until the day, the day that I die, I want to say, I was so happy to be or call myself a Venezuelan because I am, I love my country. So sad that it will happen there right now, but uh, those people, those thing, those, those communist people, those dictators people, they don't, they're not my country. They are there by mistake because they are like a kind of cancer. But one day that we, as a scientist with law, we want to find a place that one day we're going to find the cure and then right away that cancer is going to not be anymore there. But all my life, I want to be so happy, like you say, and so proud to say I am a Latin American and I am an immigrant and I'm Venezuelan. So speaking of Venezuela and wanting to celebrate to uh, Hermoso País, if we were to have a Miguel Angelo Arepa, what would be in it? Arepa? What would be the feelings? Yeah. Oh. For, for your, your signature Arepa. Oh, right away it could be black beans, cheese, like a white, uh, white cheese, sweet plantains, fill it up with sweet plantains, and shred, shred uh, beef, like, you know, carne mechada. Um, that's it. And after you eat amazing arepa, we all coming out. Take one, in my case, I take one spoon of pecto bismol because my stomach is gonna be so bad. But I need to prepare the stomach. Like, <laughs> but I love, I love arepas. Uh, avoca avoca avocado with cheese and mayo and chicken. It's called la reina pepiada. Uh, everything you can put everything in an arepa you know everything but I need to be a venezuelan arepa i love colombian arepa but not but i don't like my venezuelan arepas especially like my grandmom she used to make one i make uh, arepas so delicious like for example i hate soup i don't like soup now i now i i, I like it by growing up i hate drinking soup because say what is this and i only Uh, drink the soup from my grandma. I don't know why. I was like, that is, this is delicious. And she died like actually two years ago. She was 91, but uh, she got Alzheimer's. So it was very difficult for us to see a person that was so active and then forget everything. She doesn't even recognize me when I say, hey grandma. She's like, who are you? And that was like, like a knife in my, in my heart. But anyway, I'm, I'm sure she knows she's there. Actually, in the album, I dedicate the album to her too. I'm so sorry. That's how I lost my 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 favorite grandma as well. And I know what you're talking about. It's it's Lo siento. Yeah. Lo siento mucho. And I'm sure she. she about Alzheimer's. She got yeah. Alzheimer's too. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah, it's, it's so sad. No. It's dehumanizing. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. And like, for everyone, for them, for people around. It's it's such a, I don't know. But I even, I think even more for us because they are in like a kind of limbo, you know? Like they are like, I don't know. My, I remember when I, my mom said that my grandmother always had to say, I need to go because we grew, you know, I grew up in the farm in Venezuela surrounded by 
chickens and cows and I was like a Marimar. <laughs> Rosa Salvaje. <laughs> and you know, I, even my, gra my grandma, even right now with Alzheimer's, and she say to my mom and my aunts, uh, I need to go. And then they say, where are you going? My grandma, my, my, my mother is uh, calling me. And my great grandmom died maybe like, I don't know, 60 years ago. I don't even know her. So, and it's funny that you say that. Like, it, no, they calling me, my father is calling me. We're like, whoa. And of course, I, when I see those tasks where my grandmother happened, I wrote a song called Lola. My, mother, my grandmother called Lola. Uh, I have a song about her and it's very deep. It's very like emotional because I say, do you remember me? And she's like, no. And it's about her. So like I say all the time, even when I'm bad, it's a bad memory or good memory, I always crave, I try to create beautiful things. Right, and there's also the, that something that's even, I don't know, very soulful about it is that you remember her obviously. And now so many people who never met her know her because of the song. Exactly. So she's i'm sure she's very proud of you and i'm sure she's going to be there with you at, at at lincoln center in early december so would you like yeah. to invite our viewers and our listeners to come see you and also to get the album yeah like actually you remember like the song the wind in the beginning is a woman that talking just it's my mom it's my mom like she always say you know you know, like the, our mothers in Latin America, they always like, uh, I say, okay, mom, I go into the weekend to a friend. Oh my gosh. And they pray like a 75 rosaries <laughs> and 50 candles. <laughs> I say, I just go to the week for the weekend. <laughs> and then they ask, why, I don't why Miguel is so dramatic. Hello, <laughs> with a mother like that, I'm going to be dramatic. Yeah, but I, I believe in that, you know, like a, um, like people that you love forever with the spirits, you know, they're always going to be with you. The show, um, people need to check it out every day because, <laughs> yeah, because it's already sold out. So, yeah, the three shows is already sold out, but... Uh, I we we talk with you know we talk with the Lincoln Center and say please 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 um, can you put more chairs I don't know what happened we can you you know can you move the theater and because the 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 Clark's the Clark Theater is kind of a black box so you can adapt whatever you want for your presentation so and they say absolutely we're going to release more chairs so people. You need to every day check, especially close to the show. It's December 1st, 2 and 3. And at the Clark's Theater is the big building and the Lincoln Center and the seventh floor. It's easy to go. And I hope that you like it. I think it's going to be so cool. I can't wait to see everybody in New York City. And I'm sure people's gonna, a lot of people are going to be identified. Identified? It's cool. Identificarse, how you say identificarse in English, identify? Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. gonna find, I'm sure they're gonna see themselves on the stage. So, and I'm very, very excited. 
they're going to see themselves as an incredible artist and performer. So, Mikael, uh, thank you so much. Break a leg. And I'll, I'll see you around, I hope. Thank you so much, Jose. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 